You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's podcast is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Happy Wednesday to you. I want to start by saying thank you for all the great feedback that I received regarding the Rex Ryan roundtable discussion. Yesterday, the panel was absolutely terrific. Greg Tomset, Joe Miller, and Anthony Marino, they were tremendous. They made that such a successful episode. And um, I want to, again, extend my sincere thanks for them putting all the effort that they did into yesterday's podcast to make it such a success. If you missed it, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. We had a lot of fun. And I'll give you a little tease. Next week, another big collaboration is coming, but it is much bigger. It will span multiple days. And I cannot wait to share it with you. It's going to be exciting. Don't miss it. And make sure that you are subscribed. So normally on Wednesdays, we do herd mentality. And in fact, I told you we were doing herd mentality at the end of yesterday's podcast. But we're not doing herd mentality because we received some major updates from OTAs. We heard from Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator. And I want to get into some of the recent stories that have come out regarding Bills tight end Dawson Knox. So we will do herd mentality tomorrow and spend today's podcast digging into what I just said we were going to do. So let's do that. Let's start with a big training camp update. On Monday, it was announced that training camp will not be at St. John Fisher. And Brandon Bean met with the media on Monday to discuss this. And from what he shared, it really sounded like they wanted to make it work. But the uncertainty regarding protocols And the need to actually make a decision were critical factors in them deciding to have it at Highmark Stadium. And um, you kind of understand that. If you think for just a moment about what it takes to move an entire football operation somewhere else, the planning, the logistics, the sweat equity that goes into making that transition, that decision had to be made. And without clarity, knowing what protocols would be, I totally understand why the Bills won't be going away for training camp this year. What's interesting is how even before COVID, teams really stopped going away to training camp. In 2019, the year before COVID, the Buffalo Bills were one of just nine teams that still went away for camp and didn't have all of their training camp at their usual full-time facility. Just one of nine teams. And it's something that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been consistent with in terms of their messaging that they prefer to go away to camp. They want to do it. But unfortunately, the circumstances of this year are once again preventing that from happening. I'll give you a quote here from Brandon Bean in his press conference. He said, we were trying every which way we could to make it work. But in the end, as we sit here today, the current protocols just make it really hard for us to do what we need to do and not be a distraction for our team with all the distancing. 
Some things would have just had to be virtual that we can do in person here in Buffalo. So we just decided the best way to get our team ready for our season was to do it here again this season. Bean definitely expressed his disappointment for the fans and so many people that love to go up to training camp at St. John Fisher and you know have a, a inexpensive opportunity to be up close and personal with the team and get a chance to watch them practice and prepare for the season. I love going to training camp practices, and I know many of you do as well. As far as future years, nothing was said about that in terms of concrete decisions. Will the Bills ever get back to St. John Fisher? I don't know. It sounds like McDermott and Bean definitely want to go away to camp. It seems like St. John Fisher is a good facility to do it. But will the Bills, like so many other teams, just stay home? That's been the trend across the NFL. And the Bills are in the minority when it comes to going away for camp in the first place. So one thing that he did say is that they are working on having opportunities for fans to attend camp at Highmark Stadium, but nothing has been made official. I don't think it'll be a robust schedule of opportunities, but it sounded like he wanted to have at least one, if not multiple, opportunities for fans to attend camp at Highmark Stadium. So let's now turn our attention to some of the information we learned from Bill's OTAs on Tuesday, and we'll start with attendance before we dig into the comments made by Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Missing from practice this week, and again, this is voluntary, so we have to keep that in mind. Nothing is mandatory, but every player was there except for Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Isaiah McKenzie, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, Starla Tulele, Taiwan Jones, and Jaquan Johnson. So the, all of those guys were not in attendance, but the good news is Mitch Morse and Daryl Williams made their first appearance of the OTA sessions that we are aware of. The Bills starting center, Mitch Morse starting right tackle, Daryl Williams. Good to see those guys back in the facility and getting ready for the season with their teammates. With this now being the third opportunity for the media to be at OTAs and report information regarding attendance, the following list of players have yet to make an appearance. Obviously, we just crossed Mitch Morse and Daryl Williams off the list, but Starla Tulele, Vernon Butler, Taiwan Jones, Mario Addison, and Jerry Hughes. None of those players have yet to appear at the Bills facility for any of the voluntary OTA workouts. Tired of getting killed by daily fantasy sports experts? Don't play experts. Play the house with Stat Hero. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner, take, all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. See the competition ahead of time. Pick the lineup you think you can beat. Go head-to-head with no pool of opponents. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back 
on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. So many amazing flavors right now. I am really digging the raspberry and the coconut almond. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's actually good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and the nutrition facts on these things are insane. You got to head over to BuiltBar.com, purchase a box. I got a deal for you. Use promo code LOCKED15 and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So just like two weeks ago, we heard from Sean McDermott, and last week we heard from Leslie Frazier, the Bills' defensive coordinator. This week, Brian Dable, Bills' offensive coordinator, took to the podium and fielded questions from the Bills' beat reporters and dropped a lot of interesting nuggets. And so while that media session was over 30 minutes long, I have pulled what I thought were the most interesting and notable comments that he made, and I want to present them to you today on the podcast. And give you some analysis on some of the more interesting items that he dropped on Emmanuel Sanders. He said, we're excited to have him. Brings a great veteran presence, flexible to play inside and outside, has a skill set that we like. Good football mind, instinctive player. We'll give him as much as he can handle. He said something there that really popped to me. He said, Emmanuel Sanders has a skill set that we like. I think we've learned a lot about the Bills and their wide receiver preferences ever since they moved on from Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin as the outside receivers and made the transition to the likes of John Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, now Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis is in this mix. They don't want those towering wide receivers anymore. They want guys that can run routes and separate. Size is very much an ancillary trait that they care about. They want guys that can run detailed routes that are elusive, can snap their hips through, breaks cleanly, change directions, run away from coverage, and get open. It's funny, for so long we always thought that the best thing you can do to help your quarterback is give them these guys with a massive catch radius that can increase their margin for error and go get the football and play above the rim. Now, the most meaningful thing that you can do for your quarterback is get them guys that can get open. I don't care how big you are. Can you get open? Can you catch the football? That's what works in the NFL. That's what works in the Bills offense. That's what Josh Allen likes throwing the football to. On Josh Allen and areas of improvement, Brian Dable praised his offseason plan every year. He did mention the in-breaking routes, which I dug into a couple weeks ago when Josh Allen said that it was something he was working on, and I talked about yards after catch, and if he was better with his ball placement on in-breaking routes, it should create more opportunities for yards after catch and what that can mean for the offensive output and Josh Allen's passing yardage. He also said each year Josh has learned more about the system, which is completely tailored to him. He said, we add things and take them out. He's a consummate pro. He's never satisfied. 
and that there are 15 new guys on offense, so it's about developing relationships with the people we're working with, and he is a leader in that regard. So before I tell you some of the other things that Dable said about Josh Allen, I want to stop there uh, because he mentioned the in-breaking route thing, but also the development, maturation, and evolvement of the scheme, right? Like Josh Allen is going to continue to work on his mechanics and accuracy and movement and all those types of things, but the big bonus in continuing with Brian Dable and having a lot of the same players around him is that opportunity to continue evolving the scheme. So the scheme is tailored to him, and every year they're going back through and saying, yeah, we like this, we didn't like this, let's try this. And because they have this foundation, this very large foundation already set, that volume already established, they can build the scheme. And that, as much as anything, gets me excited about Josh Allen and this offense in 2021. When asked about the big differences from Josh Allen this year to previous years, Brian Dable continued by saying, growth in the system, but he's the exact same guy he's always been, has that underdog mentality, he's a grinder, never satisfied, loves to practice, competitive in the meeting rooms, said his leadership skills are outstanding, he's not reliant on what happened last year, he turned the page really quick, he said there's only one team at the end of the year that's going to be happy, and if you are happy that you made it to a certain point, then you are in the wrong business. Love those comments. That's what you want to hear your offensive coordinator say about your franchise quarterback. On the running game, love what Brian Dable said here. He said, a lot of numbers you can look at. We're not concerned with numbers and rankings. A lot of work has been done to improve our run game, just like every part of our team. And as you listen to him answer this question, it was interesting how he brought up the passing game and He wasn't asked about the passing game. He was asked about the running game. But he put the passing game and the running game in the same bucket and said, hey, look, we're looking at all of it trying to improve. It'd be great if you were first in rushing and first in scoring and first in passing and third down and all those types of things. But at the end of the day, you're putting everything under the microscope. On the importance of running the ball and making sure it is as productive as the passing game. I thought that was a strange question. He was asked a question about what he needs to do to make sure that the rushing attack can be as effective and as meaningful to the team as the passing attack. Like, what? Did you watch last year? Do you wish that the Bills had a higher-ranking rushing attack just to have a higher-ranked rushing attack when it didn't mean better offense? And the Bills' rushing attack was where it was and produced the greatest offense the Buffalo Bills have ever put on the field? You know, a lot of times these questions that get asked at these press conferences really irk me, and I think there's a lot of missed opportunities to ask good questions, but this one really floored me. This one was really bad. And so I love the way that Brian Dable answered this. He said, there's a lot of ways to win games. You want to be first in everything. The team that just won the Super Bowl was 28th in the league in rushing and second in passing. Stats don't matter. What matters is being effective at the things you are asked to do when you need to do them. Balance is good if you win. It's not very good if you lose. Our philosophy will always be to do what we need to do to win the game. We don't have specific numbers in terms of balance. Drop the mic, Brian Dable. Drop the mic, brother. 
on managing offensive expectations, obviously coming off of such a successful season. He said, you try and turn the page as fast as you can. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. Can't get caught up in the previous season. You can't bottle up the things you did well and put them out there again and do it. Reality of it is that we're not the same team. A lot of the same players, but there's also 15 new offensive players in the room. He said, we have to build relationships with our guys and figure out how they fit and how they work. On the benefits of continuity, he said, you can have something come up a year and a half ago where you made an adjustment and draw from those experiences. The communication from continuity really, really helps. On Tommy Sweeney, he called him resilient. He has a good mindset, mentally tough, done well in OTAs to get his feet back underneath him. It's almost like he's a rookie all over again. Obviously, Tommy Sweeney, Bill's draft pick at tight end from a couple of years ago, missed all of last season with myocarditis uh, that stemmed from COVID. And so we're all very encouraged to see him back on the field, and it was nice to hear Brian Dable make these comments about him. On Jacob Hollister, a Bills free agent signing at tight end, he said he's been a good addition. He's an extinctive player in the passing game, picked up things well, has shown leadership, and said there is a chemistry with him and Josh and said Josh already knows his body language. On Christian Wade, said he's been a steady guy. Personality is great. Has had a lot to learn and come a long way. He'll have his opportunities this summer, and he's going to have to make the most of them. Called him a great teammate and said he's raw to the game, but he's made steady progress. On Bill's running backs, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, he called them two young players that can help on all three downs. They both understand the run game and protections. He's comfortable with either player in any role so they can ride the hot hand. He said there's no such thing as a lead back. He said in a game, you sense one guy has it going a bit more, you can ride with it. And he also introduced Matt Breida to the conversation when he was asked about Devin and Zach and said he's done a good job thus far. And lastly, on Jake Fromm, a fifth-round draft pick from last year that was basically a quarantine COVID quarterback for his rookie season. Dable called him really smart, said he's done well to incorporate coaching points with minimal reps, said he's having a nice camp so far, and complimented him by saying he had a great attitude. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. I want to close out today's podcast by bringing up some information that we've recently learned about Bill's tight end, Dawson Knox, and what he's been up to this offseason. And you guys know I'm really high on Dawson Knox and what he can be this season for the Buffalo Bills. I've talked a lot about his background. I've told you he's one of the most physically gifted tight ends in the NFL. He has more athleticism than Travis Kelsey. He's every good as bit of an athlete as George Kittle is, 
and I think he's got a ton of potential. And so I was really excited to hear some very encouraging reports about what he's been up to this offseason. So credit to Matt Perino of Syracuse.com for putting together this story where I'm basically going to share a lot of the information from that and uh, get you up to speed on what's been going on with Dawson Knox. If you want to read the entire story, I will link it in the show notes. Again, Matt Perino, Syracuse.com. He does a great job, him and Ryan Talbot, of covering the Buffalo Bills. And so Dawson Knox has spent a lot of time this offseason with Josh Allen in California. In addition to working on football things, they played board games, worked on routes, and did Zoom meetings with Brian Dable together. And a quote from the story from Dawson Knox, he said, we just did a bunch of routes. Josh Allen would work through some of the points where he would tell me what he was looking for, when to give him eyes on certain routes, and real little details that we were able to hammer down on some of the new stuff, which was nice. Our philosophy is the only way to get better at football is by playing football. Watching film and being on Zoom calls is good, but in order to really work on that chemistry and really get some of that timing down, you got to do stuff at full speed. So also while he was out in California spending time with Josh Allen, Dawson Knox worked with Ryan Harrison, who is a performance vision coach. And the purpose of doing that was to improve his hand-eye coordination and become a better pass catcher. And his number one priority this offseason was improving his dependability as a receiver. And another quote here from Dawson Knox that I'm sure you've heard by now, he said, I don't want to be dropping touchdowns, and I know no one wants to see that. And so this training that he's been doing includes using tools, balls, and other objects to train his eyes and brain to fire more quickly and improve his reaction time. I want to read you a quote from Ryan Harrison, his vision coach, who said, we improved Dawson's depth perception and his tracking ability. There is some software that we use and some hands-on manual things, and he'll do a lot of movement with his body while he's identifying and recognizing things while he's processing information. We do it statistically and dynamically. And so another comment from Dawson Knox in this piece, he said, I want to get to the point where I am a weapon for our team like Travis Kelsey is for Kansas City. Travis is the best in the league right now at what he does. It just comes from watching film and getting on the field and starting to feel out some of the stuff he can see pretty quickly. It's really not just running your route and being in the right spot. It's how well can you adjust on the fly? How well can you read coverages when the ball is snapped? Because defenses are so good at disguising coverages and safeties are moving around and linebackers are showing blitz and then they're dropping out. So it's just being able to catch on to some of the things which I feel like I was able to do more and more of as the year went on last season. And I'm excited to keep building on that. I definitely feel confident that I'll be able to do that this year. I know I just want to keep stacking those good days on top of good days. And so also in addition to working with Josh Allen and with this vision coach to improve his vision and his ability to catch the football, Dawson Knox is also planning on joining the tight end university, which is put together by Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And it's later this summer after mini camps and OTAs finish up. And so it sounds like he's really submerged himself in getting better, spending time with Josh Allen, spending time with the vision coach, 
enrolling in tight end university and learning from the best guys in the game. Love his mindset. Love what he's doing. Love these comments. And it's all just very encouraging. And you know what else is very encouraging? How Dawson Knox performed over the last nine games last season after he was done with COVID and the concussion and the calf injury. The last nine games, including the playoffs, he caught 26 passes for 244 yards and five touchdowns. He caught two touchdowns in the playoffs. Across 17 games, if he were to maintain that pace that he did across the last nine in 2020, it would be 49 catches, 460 yards, and nine touchdowns. That would be wonderful if that's what Dawson Knox were to be able to deliver for the Bills this season in a wide receiver-centric offense that we hope to see runs the ball a little bit better. Is able to give them nearly 50 receptions and nine receiving touchdowns. And so Dawson Knox is continuing to work on the drop stuff, which was a disaster during his rookie season. He had 10 drops on 50 targets in 2019 as a rookie. That's a drop rate of 20%. Terrible. But as a sophomore in 2020, last year, he had four drops and 44 targets. He cut his drop rate in half. That's a drop rate of 9.1%. That's more than in half. But for some reason, nobody's talking about this. Nobody wants to mention that Dawson Knox played pretty good over the last nine games of the season and caught two touchdowns in the playoffs and cut his drop rate in half. We just want to focus on some of the blunders. So let's recognize the growth that has happened. Let's recognize the skill set that he has. Let's recognize what he's done this offseason to improve. And let's root like hell that this guy turns into a difference maker at tight end. And folks, if Dawson Knox winds up being the truth at tight end, I just might be insufferable about that on this podcast. So I know you're rooting for it. And honestly, you should be. Even if you were the most hopeful person in the world that the Bills would sign Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry or trade for Zach Ertz or give up everything they will ever have in terms of draft picks to go up and get Kyle Pitts, whatever you were hoping for that the Bills did at tight end. Wouldn't it just be nice if that answer wound up being Dawson Knox? Well, he's working on that, and he has every physical gift needed to be a dynamic playmaker in the NFL. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Tomorrow will be Herd Mentality, and uh, then, of course, another Friday podcast coming for you this week. So make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. I hope you have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.